Support comes from Pacific Science Center, celebrating spring at Paxi with butterflies at the Tropical Butterfly House, sea creatures in the saltwater tide pool, and Jane Goodall, reasons for hope at the IMAX Theater, a journey around the globe to share good news stories. Learn more at PaxSci.org. Hi, it's Bill Radke, host of KUOW's Week in Review, back with another word in review. Each week I examine a word we're hearing in the news. What is that word or phrase really saying? This week, the Seattle Times reported that since 2020, our police department has lost 515 officers and hired 190 for a net loss of 325. And what should we call a net outflow of officers or other local public servants? SPD has already seen a large exodus of officers following all the riots and protests last summer. It anticipates the COVID vaccination requirement will cause an exodus at their hospital, schools, and emergency services. And elected officials, especially those in more conservative parts of the Northwest, are worried they may see a mass exodus of firefighters and healthcare professionals. That's right. Today's word is... Exodus. Arise, O Israel! Behold the dawn of freedom! Now that's the Hollywood version, the Ten Commandments, from 1956. I wanted to know about the real Exodus. How well does that word fit the Seattle moment? So I visited a University of Washington Ph.D. candidate who studies the history of Israel-Palestine. Jake Becker knows Exodus. Yeah, so the biblical exodus is a story that takes place in the Hebrew Bible. And it's the story of the Israelites who are slaves in Egypt, uh, leaving, being led by Moses, as the biblical story goes, out and into the desert, and then at the very end of it, into the promised land. By tens, by hundreds, by thousands, unending streams of man and beast and burden. If someone believes in this story, it's purely a matter of faith, that there's very little evidence that point to this as historical fact. And to our point today, Jake, when people use the word exodus to describe, let's say, Seattle police officers leaving the force, uh, the the SPD's gone from about 1,300 to about 1,000 officers. What do you think of that use of the word exodus? Yeah, it's funny because when you first asked me about it, I didn't jump out of my seat or anything. I say the word exodus in everyday context, even though I'm frequently thinking about Jewish history and even ancient Jewish, you know, literature. How would you use the word exodus? You know, I was thinking, when would I use it most often? And I think if I was at like a sporting event, you know, like let's say a baseball game and the other team hit a home run in the ninth and suddenly it seemed insurmountable and you wanted to get to your car before everyone. I'm like, wow, there's a mass exodus of fans right now. That's probably the sort of way I would say exodus. That being said, there's another question of if using this term is accurate in this context, and that's maybe where I have some more questions. What do you mean by accurate? Well, again, it means something different than just exiting. I think it implies a certain size of the amount of people leaving. Is this a big enough departure all at once of these police officers that we should be using the term exodus? Maybe, maybe not. I think where I definitely think it's incorrect is it implies this unidirectional nature. So that would imply that officers are leaving and no new officers are coming. And I also think that really doesn't reflect the nature of what's happening. Again, I'm not an expert on the police force, but I think it implies that, wow, you know, these police have such low morale, they're leaving and no one would ever want to come. And that's, that doesn't reflect reality. 
I think well, the, there are some unfilled positions. As sure, you, you know, there are unfilled positions, can... but are they? There are people also being hired. Maybe there's more departures than being filled, but that's something we're seeing across the economy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not an exodus of grocery store workers, which I think gets at the third point here. I think the word exodus is being used because of some of the significance and maybe the moral connotations that people are loading onto it. Like some people might be saying that, yeah, it's it's so bad. Seattle is so anti-police that it's a kind of psychological bondage that they're that they're escaping from these officers. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's actually a little bit of the case. I, I don't think it's a very intentional choice. I could be wrong there, but I don't personally subscribe to this sort of narrative that there's some sort of oppression or anti-police injustice going on that makes uh, the word exodus the most appropriate use. Does it seem kind of insensitive to you to be evoking a, a basically slavery narrative or a biblical narrative of a persecuted people? You know, it's the, funny. The word is decontextualized enough. It's used in common parlance enough. It You did use it at a Mariners game. Exactly. Like, if I'm going to use it at a Mariners game, in probably in the context of the Mariners losing— mm-hmm. You know, so that still even has a little bit of that connotation. But I don't think it's something that we should be offended by. I think there's a reason people want to use vivid and evocative and expressive language and something that taps into these shared narratives. And while we should be careful and thoughtful in doing so, I think, you know, you work in words. You're a radio host. Words are the only tapestry you have to paint a picture. Of course we should use evocative language and meaningful language. But it's also why I'm careful, because I don't want to wear out the actual meaning of the words by always grabbing something overheated, then they start to lose their punch. Yeah, I certainly agree with you there. I think this is a word that's been worn down enough that we don't have to terribly worry about it. It's been done. Yeah, it's, it's been done. It's been chipped away. You know another biblical word that comes to mind maybe we can have we can talk about sometime I hear this a, a lot in Seattle apocalyptic the smoke was yeah. apocalyptic Yeah absolutely and apocalypse is interesting because this is a, na- a word that's really become decontextualized from some of its original usage apocalyptic literature was a whole genre of biblical literature that had to deal with certain kinds of um like revelations and it's been associated in our common usage with just one specific apocalypse that happens in the New Testament, not my area of expertise at all. Yeah. But, you know, the sort of end of the world revelation. And that's the connotation that's been loaded on the word today. And so it's a very dramatic word to use. It has a very visceral connotation that isn't necessarily always been the historic one. And I'll admit, I used it myself sometimes <laughs> when I saw this smoke over the summer, you know, going into... The second month of smoke hovering over Seattle, it did kind of feel like the end of the world to me, or maybe a, a harbinger that things were were dire. And so, again, maybe I'm tipping my hand a little bit here, but I think that's maybe some language that we do want to, yeah, be careful with it. But maybe the the explosive value of it really does have value here. Yeah, maybe you do want to pluck that string when you're getting at what it's like to, to have our climate changing on us. I agree. Now... If we're going to have some value in that, you can't talk about it when the Mariners lose in the playoffs. You know, that wasn't apocalyptic. And we maybe want to maintain some of the value in that word so it does express um, when something truly is dire, like it was this summer with the smoke. There you heard it. Safeguard the value of the word. Don't just resist exaggeration and cliche. Avoid it. Like, 
Uh, I don't know, the plague? The people have been plagued by thirst. They've been plagued by frogs, by lice, by flies, by sickness, by boils. They can endure no more. Thanks for listening. And if you hear a word in the news you're curious about, email me at bradke, B-R-A-D-K-E at K-U-O-W dot org. Let's look into it. Talk to you soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.